for everybody listening, we just got off recording a mini-sode, so we've been talking for a little over an hour now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit is crazy. And uh, this is a weird way to start the season, but uh, hey, welcome back to season three. Season three. We are Woo! here. We fucking did it. We made it to season three, and this is when shit gets sp- Spicy. I'm so excited. I love season three. It's so fun. Season three, really, you're you're fed every episode. <laughs> Cause it's like it's not it's not the season that was like I am just a remake of the UK one. And it's not the season that's like I'm a s I'm the sophomore season, so I'm branching out into my own territory. It's like we are fully developed now. So this is season three of the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap Podcast. We still don't have intro music because I still don't know how to do that, but we're here and we're excited to be here. I am one of your hosts. My name is Amanda. I am your other host, Evan, and today we have our favorite reoccurring guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Lena. I'm back. <laughs> Lena, pretty much the third host at this point. We've been been on so many episodes and you will be hearing throughout season three because shit is just top tier content this season. But we are starting off with season three, episode one, and I'm excited to get into it. I managed to squeeze in notes for this and notes for 302 between my supernatural fucking binge. Where are you Um, at right now with your supernatural binge? Season 13, and it hurts. Every second of it hurts. My body hurts and everything is bad. So brilliant. The widower arc about Cass, it hurts my whole body and I can't actually, I can't take it. But uh, TikTok seems to enjoy me doing it. Congratulations on 10k on TikTok, queen. Uh, we were just talking. Aren't you at 12? Yeah. I'm at 12.6 as of today. God, I like- That's fucking crazy. I was just like, every now and then, like, your videos will pop up my For You page and I was like, damn, you got the supernatural fandom going on your TikTok. <laughs> It is insane to me. I am now mutuals with some of my favorite supernatural TikToks. Like, they just, fo- I didn't ask them to. They just followed me and, like, oh my God, it's so good. It's so fucking good. I've actually, that's a great segue, actually, because I've actually parlayed that into, um, I'm starting a second podcast. Yes! It's called Skip to the Gay Parts, and it's a podcast where I take a gay or a queer uh, character from television and dissect them as much as humanly possible over an episode or two. And the first big chunk of them doing are going to be about supernatural characters. And I already recorded the first episode. It's about the first eight seasons of Dean Winchester. You are booked and busy. Booked and I've worked on podcast stuff every day this week just to keep me, just to keep me busy. And I am excited. The trailer is out and I'm waiting on approval from Apple Podcasts. And then I'm going to drop the first episode. It might already be out by the time this is out. But if you guys like my voice on this podcast... Um, you can go over and it's basically just an essay about how queer characters on television are, starting with Dean fucking Winchester. God, the bisexual man, disaster. the myth, the legend. I'm excited. And of course, I'm going to do Ian, an Ian episode. And of course, I'm going to do a Mickey episode. And are there other queer characters on Shameless? Debbie. No. Well, you don't want to talk about it. No. Fiona. Do you want to talk about how Fiona was supposed to be a lesbian and then- They gave that uh, plot line the freaking Debbie. They gave that plot line to Debbie because- because Emmy was leaving, but it would have made so much fucking sense with Nessa and Mel. It would have made so much sense. For anybody who needs context, apparently in the season where Fiona was a landlord and she had the character Nessa as her tenant, Fiona was going to explore a relationship with Nessa, but 
they decided since it was Emmy's last season that was too complicated. But that would have been a perfect you hauling her way out of the South Side would have been so fucking perfect. Yeah, because because it seemed like Nessa this before like obviously her and her um wife or girlfriend at the time I didn't know what their relationship no, was. No, they're, they're just, just girlfriends. girlfriends yeah, I like think. they seemed like she fucking hated her girlfriend. So that they were gonna write it as in Fiona like. Or were they going to well, be able to like that was that was Nessa's thing was that she was like my type is blonde and bitchy like she likes the emotional abuse <laughs> true but then I feel like that could have been the easy right for her being like actually Fiona's good to me like they already laid the foundation with Jasmine like the Nessa thing would have made so much sense that but it's like Fiona just kept having disappointing relationships with men like it would make sense for her to be like okay women women and then be like and then be like this is what i've been missing but for Um, now but for now we're starting season three episode one el gran canyon which we will discuss the meaning of that title later on because it is truly something it is truly something the reason of the episode title this air they love starting in january that seems to be their standard beginning point I feel like at some point they did episodes starting in the middle of summer, or am I going crazy? No, they did. I Okay, so they did two seasons in one year. They did season seven and eight, I believe. Uh, so seven was in, Jan- seven aired from like January to April, and then season eight started in October. And I think that's because they thought that season eight was going to be the last one, and then they randomly got renewed. Oh, okay. So then they waited a whole year and did season nine in the winter uh tv season okay yeah so this is uh january january 13th 2013 the episode the first episode of every season i think is written by john wells or at least most of them john wells wrote the season wrote the episode he adapted the original series he's the head writer he's credited with creating the u.s series and that's it that's all we need to know about him he's there we know him we've we've been new the version, like you said before, the version of that John Wells thinks exists of Shameless and the good version of Shameless are two different versions of Shameless. So true. And just like a lot of the other first episodes of the season, Mark Myloid directed this one. He also directed three episodes of season two, three episodes of season three, two episodes of season four, and one episode of season nine. He took a five oh, season I gap. Don't- yeah, I don't know if he works on the show anymore, but he was, I did watch an interview, well, because he's working on Succession now, oh. um, but I watched an interview with him, the same interview that I was talking about with Mike O'Malley, and he was a, an executive producer of the show for, for quite a while. Yeah. He also directed uh, the pilot and episodes four and five of the British Shameless. So he was part of the OG team of the OG show. And so he comes back into this show every once in a while. And yeah, he's a big deal. Secession, Entourage, United States of Terra, Game of Thrones. He's booked and busy, this guy. I I mean, like, because I was talking about, I was talking about the way that, like, Mike O'Malley was talking about Ian and Mickey. It was an interview that a bunch of executive producers did a little video short, like, about the Milkoviches. Yeah. Um... And the way he talked about them was really good, too. And the way that the, he talked about Mandy as well. He just, like, it seemed like he really, like, cared a lot about them. So it kind of sucks that he's like, I'm gone now. Yeah. But we've got some other people looking out for us. Don't worry. Then see episode two, uh, the director of episode two blew my fucking mind of the episodes that he got to direct. Oh, my God. Killing me. Yeah. But that's next week. This week is 301. And the synopsis is, now that they're living together... 
Fiona struggles to accept the new, quote-unquote, boring Jimmy. Frank wakes up in a place completely foreign to him. Lip is sentenced to community service. Baby Jaime keeps Jody and Sheila up all night. Jaime. My favorite baby. The previously on, it's one of the more iconic previously ons. It's everybody sitting on the porch of the Gallagher house, including Mandy. Kind of like, where the fuck have you been? Don't they, like, flip everybody off at the end? Oh, yeah. Good. I love the full family recaps at the beginning of the seasons. Then we jump into a recap of season two. Real quick, let's remind you all of what we just ended up talking about a few weeks ago. Lip dropped out of school and made the I'll go back if you go back deal with Fiona. Fiona got her GED. Jimmy is back and married to a drug lord's daughter, Estefania, uh, whose boyfriend beat her up last time we saw him. Uh, Lip is still hung up on Karen, who did not have his baby. Lip is hooking up with Mandy. Kevin V are trying for a baby. Mickey and Ian get caught by Frank, so Mickey put himself back in juvie to protect himself from the wrath of his father. Karen broke up with Jody, so Sheila started fucking him. Frank and Sheila broke up. Frank beat up Ian. Ian is fucking Jimmy's father. Karen's baby has Down syndrome. Sheila took him in and Karen left. Jimmy said I love you and promised not to leave. This season has so much. This season has everything. This season has everything. The consequences of all of those actions to follow. We get that previously on and then we get the title sequence. And then we get Fiona waking up in bed. It's obviously warm and sunny out. It's not winter like last time we saw season two. Fiona wakes up. She's confused why her bed is empty. And uh, she goes downstairs to take care of some laundry. Jimmy is downstairs in the kitchen cooking breakfast, having already made lunches, and he already sent Lip and Ian off to school. He's making Fiona a smoothie, being Jimmy a house Steve's husband. A housewife. Debbie is out front laying down another day marker for how long Frank has been gone. It's been 137 days that Frank has been gone. So like six months. We find out that Fiona, when Fiona was nine, Frank was gone for a year. So why exactly did y'all make such a big fucking deal when he was gone for one day in season one? Um, it's because they they mentioned this. It was social security check day and Fiona being nine, I think, predates Ginger dying because she died in 2006. So Fiona, I don't think Fiona was nine at that point. But like, but, so- it was, but they were like, it's social security check day. He's never not around to cash the check. But, like, now what's changed, then? If they were worried about him being missing for one day, he's been gone for six fucking months. And now Fiona's like, It was like, social security check day. <laughs> he can't cash the checks anymore. They- Oh, wait, no. Yes, he can. They tricked him. Yeah, they haven't- They so haven't, hard. they haven't, like, killed Ginger yet. That's- That is- That is this season, though. But, um, okay. Stupid. <laughs> Also, hey, it's the beginning of summer as it's very warm out and the kids are still going to school. So I think it's like the end of the school year. We cut over to a dog licking Frank's face, waking him up in Mexico. And it's it's honestly homophobic and offensive how much shameless in Mexico makes me immediately sad. I'm just horribly sad. That's not for a few seasons. So Frank walks up to a Jesus parade? It might be Easter. Oh, okay. It might be, it might be Easter. It might be like, late spring instead of early summer yeah a man dressed as jesus is carrying a cross down the street in some sort of a parade like situation frank doesn't know how how long it's been and he even asked the guys like did i miss christmas and the guy says you almost missed easter oh so it is it is easter yeah it's it's, easter weekend so it's april march april april okay because doesn't like easter switch up every couple of years it's either always at the end of march or the beginning of april yeah yeah and and 
the school year theoretically will end at the end of May. So very close to the end of school. Uh, Back at the Gallagher's, Fiona is telling Steve that there's a weird fancy SUV across the street that's been there for a few days. Uh, But she shrugs it off and then she starts griping at Jimmy about the way he's feeding the kids because he let Carl have a popsicle for breakfast. But then he tries to get sexy. He tries to like grab on her and get sexy with her. He's kissing on her. She's like, I gotta go to work. We can't, we can't be doing this right now. Please don't tell my kids they can do things they know they can't. My kids. And then Jimmy tries to point out that he paid for Carl's braces, trying to do like a power move thing. I did not like that. I mean, it's because Ethan had braces, and so they were like, okay, we have to figure out how he got those. (laughs) Oh, true. I didn't think about that. That and then Kev's injury in this episode. They're just like, well, we gotta write around that. Oh, this is when Kev has the boot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Ian and Lip left, like, super early for school because they had to go downtown to pick something up. And by pick something up, they meant stealing something from the college. my favorite scene. (laughs) It's a fun-ass chase sequence of the boys getting chased by campus security. Ian's in his fatigues, and Lip has this briefcase, and they're just zooming down the street. They're so fast. Like, okay, Jeremy Allen White, he's like fucking fast runner he's so fast and don't doesn't lit make some comment about like renacops he was like he was like i thought all renacops did was like eat donuts or something now they're all triathletes yeah and ian is in like cam is in heavy rotc boots too and like keeping up with this pace like an athletic start to the season got them long legs the long legs (laughs) well i mean like it's so weird because you when you watch the show you think that Cameron is like a fucking giant. He's really only like six foot. It's just that every other guy in the show is really short. Yeah, Jeremy's yeah. like only like five eight, five, five, five six, five seven, something like that. And then Noel Noel's like five six. It's like the reverse supernatural effect. It looks like everybody but the boys on that show is so fucking short, but like no, those men are just giants. And that makes everybody around them look small. Yeah. Yeah, but Shameless is like everybody's small except for Cameron. Ethan's like five seven. He's small as hell too. Yeah, and Cameron Cameron's like five eleven or six foot. Like he's like not like he's tall, but he's not like towering. He's not like Kev tall. He looks he looks way bigger than he actually is. Also, some shitty people on Twitter were coming after Cam for, like, looking a little pudgier on the season. <sighs> I saw and he's that. Like, he said he did it for Ian. He's like, beefy. He's just beefy. So- no, no, he even said, he said, I put on weight on purpose. I know. Because Ian is married and happy and it's been a long quarantine. So I put on weight on purpose and that's just what you do when and you're he in a happy, healthy look relationship. Unhealthy. He just looks he beefy just looks and like, he looks yeah. good. <laughs> But then it was like, but then like people on Twitter started coming after whoever was saying that and Cameron was like, shut the fuck up. Like this person, like he, he said some like stupid pretentious shit. He's like, my body is a tool for performance. Okay. Uh, Okay. Okay. My body is a tool. No, but like, that's true okay. though, because when Ian needed to be jacked, he got jacked and now Ian doesn't need to be yeah, jacked Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's right, but also it's like, ugh. I feel like but then- Cam's like the only one who's ultimately like altered their physical appearance for the show because remember he dyed his hair too yeah cameron is just generally like pretty he's like a (laughs) he takes his he takes his acting like actually very seriously um he's a little bit pretentious he's a film buff 
too. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. He's like, a, he's just like, I'm a good guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like you said, he doesn't even, like, he looks good. He, he just looks, looks yeah. beefy good. And it's not like he doesn't have any muscles. He still has abs. He just has, he's just beefy. Like, that's the, the one where <laughs> no, I can it's like, he looks good. But anyway, fun chase sequence. Fun chase sequence. It's like, it's very enjoyable. It's one of my favorite moments of the series, truly. Um, and they get to a roof and Lip's like, well, you can't get into West Point if you get arrested. So Ian jumps to the next roof and takes the suitcase with him and, and Lip stays behind to get arrested. I'm pretty sure Cameron actually, like, did that stunt. Sure he did. Good. I mean, because if you, if you look at it, like, there's no cut and he, like, gets right up and it's him. He was also a stupid... Like, 20-something. Of course he did the stunt himself. He was, like, what, 19, 20 at the most at that point? He's like, yeah, I'll jump off a roof. Yeah, he turned 18 during- he turned 18, like, before season two, because that's why they could have him do nudity. Yeah. And that's why we get the kiss this season, too. Yeah. So, Lip even tells Ian to call Mandy. He's like, the Milkovich just have to have a good bail bondsman, and that's a good point. But over to a much sleepier, less active part of town, Sheila is trying to wake Jody up. She's just laying in bed, like all of the energy sapped from her body because Jaime is crying and it is Jody's fucking turn. She's yelling This at is him. like one of my favorite Sheila lines, other than your coochie smells like sulfur and brimstone, whenever she said that. But like the delivery on this next line is so fucking funny. Get your ass up, you goddamn ponytailed Fabio motherfucker! She's pissed. <laughs> I love her so much. But also fuck Jody because then we find out he's been sleeping with goddamn earplugs. Sheila is killing it as tired mom. Like, it's- I love it so much. Well, cause it's like, I'm sure- cause it's like the whole thing with Jaime was that he like cried a ton. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Karen like wasn't that like- restless she's also much older than she used to be now so like she's oh joan is killing it right now so jody goes into the baby's room and like the himbo he is plays bongos to calm the baby down and only makes everything so much worse fucking idiot and then we go back to frank so much time on frank this episode frank at the border frank pushes his way to the front of the line but he doesn't have a passport so they won't let him back in the country and the man's like, get a photo ID or get the fuck out of my way. You're not coming back into the country. But it's like, then you raise the question, how did he get in in the first place? Yeah. You can get into Mexico pretty easily. It's getting into the United States is the hassle. That's really hard. Back to the Gallagher's. Everybody's comfortable peeing in front of each other. Fiona's like, I was in the bathroom and he just came in and started peeing next to me. What the fuck is going on? I, like, I don't think, like, going to the restroom with your significant other in the room is, like, the weirdest thing. Maybe pooping for me, I couldn't do that. But I think just, like, yeah. being in front of your significant other. Because how many times do we watch everyone in the household just fucking pee while someone's brushing their teeth? Or you brush their teeth? No, no, that's, like, what she was doing was that she she was, like, in the bathroom getting ready and he just came in and took a piss. It's, like... The amount of times Ian and Mickey have done that? Yeah, you know how many times the kids have done that to each other? Like... Yeah, I don't know. For, I feel like peeing or like using the restroom in front of a significant other like says that you're at like another comfortable level with someone. Well, because it's like, because it's like, um, you've seen his whole like dick balls and asshole. He's literally been inside you of you, but you can't pee in front of each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's 
I don't know. It's just it's not weird. even even like she doesn't even have to look. Yeah. She literally doesn't have to look. And when Fiona's bitching about that over at the balls, V even says, Kev shits in front of me all the time. And we hear Kev's voice from another room. There's one bathroom in this house. I don't know what you want from me. Yeah, at least the Gallagher's have two. Yeah. Like a half bath and yeah, a bath. Yeah, remember when so. freaking like Granny's in the bath and Lip rolls up and starts peeing and she comments on his fucking dick, remember? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like there's just a level of comfortability that they're in within their relationship and Fiona's not cool because everything he's doing is annoying her. So she's choosing to complain about it. Well, it's too domestic for her. Yeah. She's in coveralls. She's in entirely coveralls because she has a part-time job paying $14.50 an hour vacuuming up toxic waste. That's been her, like, good-paying summer job so far. Kev is on full himbo activity. He's all jacked up to to be able to cam with V. Uh, but he's also on crutches because Steve hurt himself during the break in the seasons and they needed to put Kev in a cast and they're never going to explain why. My favorite thing, though, is when actors hurt themselves and then they have to somehow incorporate their injuries. Like, uh, of, like, talking about, like, Supernatural when Jared's broke his arm, like, twice and he had that, he was in, he had a the cast in, like, season two or season three because he hurt himself doing a fucking stunt. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a he's got a sling in season five and uh and or season six maybe. He no, he and has a sling in season ten during Demon Dean era. Jared tackled someone as a joke and fucking broke his arm. So that's why Sam's yeah. in a cast in like season ten. <laughs> and Dean makes fun of him too. He's like, All of the fucking monsters we've taken down and you've got a sprained elbow, really. How did um <laughs> how did uh sorry to talk about fucking season ten, but how did Cam break his leg in real life? He 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 wrote uh he wrote a blog post about it. He was playing a soccer game and somebody sl- like did a slide tackle and just totally fucking like shattered like snapped his um shin. It was a full break. But yeah, that was season 10. I don't know how Kev how Steve broke his leg. I just know that they wrote this in because Steve broke his leg. I think I think it was in like an actual basketball game and that's why they wrote that in. Yeah. And then I'm I remember Ethan breaking bones at some point. I've, like, Ethan definitely has a cast on, and they are like, and because it's Carl, it's easy to explain it because it's just Carl. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Kev has broken leg, but he's getting all jacked up so he can be on camera with V because V's cam traffic is down. There's too many women doing the topless ironing thing. So she's like, we're going to do a couple thing. I'm going to get some more numbers. V doing OnlyFans before OnlyFans was a thing. Queen, yeah, queen of Chatterbait. <laughs> They're doing a master-slave thing, uh, like a historical master-slave thing. And Fiona's like, that is racist and wrong. And Kev's like, yes, and racists will pay us. So I don't know. We're using this to our advantage. I, don't they do it like um, a reverse v- role, though? So V's like the master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not what you can do for racism. It's what racism can do for you. Exactly. <laughs> Kev is confused as to why Fiona is so mad that Jimmy is cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. He's like, isn't that what you fucking people want from us? And he's like, there's nothing sexy about a man with a mop. And then there's a cut to Jimmy mopping the kitchen floor. I'm in film. I'm in film class, right? Like I'm taking a film class and that is called a match cut. Yep. Isn't that fun? It's called a match cut. Well, look at that. (laughs) Cause it's like when you cut from like one subject to a very similar, like, like, Okay, consider, like, a character lighting a match on screen, and then you cut to, like, a sunset. It's, like, similar imagery. Yup. Isn't film class fun? 
<laughs> film class so fun. If you remove the film bros from film class, film class is very fun. Uh, so V assures Fiona that she's just bored because she's never been with a man this long and that that boredom will pass and everything will be fine. And um, it sure as fuck will because Jimmy is looking at those cars across the street with a lot of interest um, and he goes out to talk to them and suddenly they pull away, turn around and start chasing him down the fucking block. He gets cornered and we see that it's Estefania's dad and all of his men. And Estefania's dad wants to know exactly where the fuck his daughter is at if Jimmy is here. I loved Estefania. She's so bad. She's so bad. This leaves Liam alone in the house. Like, Jimmy went out to just talk to those guys when he was at home with Liam, who was just sitting on the couch watching TV. So Liam is now alone in the house. Meanwhile, Fiona is heading back into work like the badass she is doing the literal shit work over at the courthouse. Lip is appearing before a judge who's like, how long has it been? And Lip's like, almost a year since I've been here last. Look at that. And he uses his Philip Gallagher smooth talking charm with the judge. And Jeremy Allen White does some great work with his monologue. Like He's so good. fucking awesome. I think he's like truly one of the more underrated performers in the show. I think Jeremy Allen White is like actually an incredible actor. And I hope that after Shameless, he like does more work. I think I he's he's in this like little short or something I saw that came out not too long ago. That I He's in a movie with his wife. He, him and Addison did a movie together. I hope he gets like. I haven't seen some Jeremy act in anything else. I'm like, I, I really want. I'm probably gonna go in and find something, but I haven't seen him well, in anything. Emmy's husband Sam made it made that show called Homecoming, and Jeremy is in the first season of it. Oh. Um. But yeah, Lip is still a minor, and so the judge gives him a low bond because he's not an adult yet. It's I think it's like a five hundred dollar bond. But Frank is in Mexico and he's trying to call someone on a pay phone and that's it. That's the whole scene. He picks up a phone and dials it. And we go back to Fiona at work. Uh, It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't even want to describe it. It's terrible. She's cleaning up toxic waste and that's all we need to say. It's gross. Uh, But her phone rings. So she has it in a, a Ziploc bag. Her phone rings and it's an international number. So someone's like, it's probably somebody trying to fucking scam you out of it. So she ignores it. It was Frank. It was Frank trying to call Fiona. Later that day, Debbie and Carl get home. The front door is open and Liam is alone on the couch still because Jimmy was abducted by Estefania's dad. And Debbie goes through the whole house because she thinks Frank is home because Debbie is still in her I love you daddy mode. It's fucking disturbing. Well, it's like she she gets out of that and then she like goes back to it later. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So where is Jimmy? He's trying to talk his way out of being murdered. By Estefania's dad. Because they walk into a super fancy building and find Estefania wearing only a robe because she's been fucking Marco. But I thought we established Marco was a woman beater and she was going to hit him in the head with a frying pan. Like, why is she... They just forgot that they did that at the end of season two? Yeah, I thought they were, like, trying to, like, keep her away from him, but she's still just living at the fucking hotel or whatever. Apartment or whatever. But we don't have to worry about it for too long because uh, when Marco comes downstairs, Estefania's dad sees him and just shoots him in the head. Just shoots him right in the face. Man's is naked. We see everything. Dick and balls. Dick and balls. (laughs) Dick and balls. So straight up headshot, the man is dead. And then we go to the Jacksons. Jody is making homemade baby food and Sheila is so very, very tired just waiting for her coffee. 
She accepts a collect call because she thinks it's Karen because she hasn't heard from Karen since she left. So she accepts a collect call and then when she hears it's Frank who needs a favor, she just hangs up. And you know what we call that? Growth. Growth. Someone offers to help Frank, like someone like in Mexico offers to help Frank, but we cut away from that before literally anything at all happens to Ian still in his fatigues and Mandy leaning against the wall of uh, the local precinct, I guess, waiting for Lip to get released. Ian asks if Mandy has been to see Mickey. She says no, but she did send him some girl-on-girl porn. Yeah. Ian doing the chin. Ian's like, I'm pissed off now, actually. I feel like it's got to be, like, currency or something he's using in prison. Or, like, some some way to make other people, like, not suspicious of him. Yeah. Mandy punches Lip when he comes out, and uh, she acts like she doesn't care and, like, walks ahead of them to punish him for getting caught in the fucking first place. And she says if he misses his hearing that Terry will come after him because they use Terry's bond guy. Speaking of ending up dead for pissing off someone's dad, Marco is getting rolled up into some plastic. Some true Dexter shit is happening over in this apartment. And Jimmy is getting interrogated by Estefania's dad. Jimmy is shell-shocked. He, like, is just sitting there trying not to be the next one rolling up in that carpet. And he acts like it's a complete surprise that that uh, Estefania is cheating on him. He's like, I can't believe she'd betray me. Oh my God, this is insane. Then he tries to get the fuck out of there. But Estefania's dad's like, no, 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 hold his foot. We're gonna chop, we're gonna chop up this body real quick. Back to Fiona. Her boss's cousin needs a job. So she's getting laid off. Like, listen, my cousin needs, my cousin needs some work. So. The nepotism. So she gets handed her last check and that's it. She's done. Uh, But we jump back to Jimmy. He is traumatized by what he has just gone through, fully empty inside. And then we go back to Lip and Mandy. It's a lot of jumping in this episode. Uh, She's telling Lip she's already had to visit too many family members in prison, so Lip needs to knock his shit off and not do that again. And Lip tells her he stole, they're under the L and he's setting up this laser with these cans. He stole a laser from the college so that he can defend the honor of the South Side somehow that's all the context we get in that moment yeah it was from the robotics lab yeah loki loved the storyline sad they didn't continue with it because it was actually kind of oh my god they did it for like one they did it like for like one episode yeah they yeah like two whole scenes and then they were like it's like and it's like what it what it ended up being they could have made some really good money I'm excited. Like, it's a good scene we get to see later. But for Instead now, we go back. watching Lip get the shit beat out of him like last season. <laughs> yeah. That was silly. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But for now, I go back to Frank's shit. He's being brought across the border by coyotes. That's it. That's the whole scene. He's participating in being brought across the border by coyotes and being his annoying Frank self about it the whole time. At nighttime, we join Fiona coming back uh, home to the laser project that's just on her kitchen table now. And Lip hands Fiona a bill. It's their property tax bill. It's the final notice. They're late. They have to pay it. And Ian just leaves. He's like, goodbye. I'm going out. Peace. Peace out. They just do not give a fuck. They're like, uh, okay. Fiona is informed that Jimmy was gone when the kids got home. There's no dinner waiting for them. Jimmy's just been gone all day. And then back to more Frank, walking across the border, bitching about needing a drink. Then they get caught by immigration. Like, they get chased down and he gets caught by immigration. And we get our second, like, chase scene. They really like a chase scene in this episode, only this time it's Frank in the desert. Uh, And back home, Debbie is still worried about Frank while Fiona gets her ready for bed. 
And Debbie is a shrine to Frank in her bedroom. Girl. I hate how they, they write her so back and forth with being like, I love Frank. Yes, Daddy Frank. And then her being like, fuck you, Frank. Like, it, it's so yeah. back and forth. Like, I get it because she's still young and she still, like, wants to have that father figure. But I'm like, do the writers even know what she feels like at this point? One thing that they always kept consistent was, like, Debbie's um, artistry. <laughs> because they had they she has the shrine and then she has the virginity thing and she has that little dollhouse and then she, also in the hall of shame she like made she's like been her quarantine hobby has been like art like knitting and sculpture and stuff yeah she's a crafty bitch that girl fiona assures debbie frank is a disease he will always come back don't worry about it we're, we're never going to be rid of him and then she goes to tuck Carl in and asks, like, sees Ian's empty bed. She's like, where is, where is Ian? But Carl doesn't have any fucking idea. And then we check in on Lip, who has Mandy staying over to keep her away from Terry, who is apparently on a bender right now. Because that's what we do. We take in the Milkoviches and give them safe harbor in the Gallagher house. So true. And then you fucking look down on them. Yeah. Fiona tells Lip that she lost her job, but that her last check, they'll have just enough to cover the property tax bill. And then she goes down to do the dishes and finds Jimmy naked in the backyard, burning his clothes. You know, as one does. Yeah, as you do. She asks where he's been and he lies and says he ran into a friend and grabbed dinner and that she doesn't need to know why he's burning his clothes. She doesn't need to be informed of that. And she honestly seems amused by it because like, well, this isn't boring. Burning your clothes in the backyard isn't boring. She's got her little smirk on her face and like the chemistry that Emmy and Justin have. Because they were friends, like, because they, they'd been friends for, they worked on um, another project together before Shameless. It's like, I miss them so much. Oh, and this is where I want to mention the thing that I found out. So My Favorite Murder, the hosts of My Favorite Murder have been watching the UK version of Shameless. And they've been raving about the UK version of Shameless, which like, girls, girls, watch the better version, first of all. But apparently the guy that plays Steve in the UK version is James fucking McAvoy and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and we talked about this and I think that that might be why they named the US version Jimmy because originally in the UK version, his name is Steve. Like, there's no secret identity. His whole big secret is that he previously had, like, a family and a child. That's, like, his secret. And him and Fiona don't last very long in the in the UK one either. But I think the reason that they renamed him Jimmy was, like, kind of as a little homage. Maybe. It's, it's fucking crazy to me. When they said that, it, like, almost got me interested in watching the UK version. But no, I'm not doing that. It's not that bad. The UK version. It's really not that bad. I haven't gone back and watched it. I remember the very first time I went to go watch Shameless after, Lena, you told me to watch it for the first time. At the time, the U.S. version wasn't on Netflix. Only the U.K. one I did was. This, yeah, I did the same thing. I watched the first, like, five episodes, maybe, and then I was like, this is wrong. Yeah, because I, I knew a little bit about it prior because of you posting about it and you, like, talking about it. So, like, I saw Shameless, clicked the first thing, and I was like, this isn't what these are not the characters and i think i was like hey what the fuck you were like yeah no that's the uk version i was like i was i think a freshman when you sent it to me so like i like literally the moment i finished catching up so i think at the time up until season five or six was out i believe yeah my 
the, the when I caught up, that was the weekend that season that the finale of season five was airing. Yeah, so I that was when I caught up. I was able Oof. to watch all of Shameless right before they added it all to Netflix. Literally, the moment I finished it, it was on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. and I was like, "Cool!" So I spent I like six months watching it on a shitty fucking website or whatever, and like. I don't yeah. even, it probably took me less than six months because there's only so many seasons out. But still, I was like, of course that happens to me. <laughs> I mean, the UK Shameless is like, once you get past the first season, it's a totally different show. We are tangent city today. We really we just, are. Well, we could just cut all this out. <laughs> I might take it and throw it at the end of the episode, but like, or I'll leave it in. Who fucking knows? Uh, but we're back at Jimmy not being boring. He's certainly not boring for Fiona anymore. And they get really cute about it, and they, like, strip naked in the backyard, and they start fucking on the back stairs. Like, they're, it's really, really adorable. And I miss them, too. They're great. But you know what's not cute? Ian being taken advantage of by another old man. Because he's at Lloyd's place. While Fiona is fucking Steve, Ian is fucking Steve's dad at Lloyd's place. He's doing his homework, lying on his bed, and being given gifts, like a very fancy expensive watch with navigation in it kept boy he's like i'm kept boy but he gives his reasons for turning down the gift and says he sort of has a boyfriend who's been gone for a while but who will be back in a couple weeks so let's break that down let's break that down though let's break that down the last time ian and mickey spoke on screen was mickey saying that the nothing but a warm mouth to me line and breaking up with him. So this assumes that they have talked since Mickey went to juvie and Ian no longer thinks they're broken up so much so that he likes to think of Mickey as his boyfriend. Um, I'm just going to put this out here. Shameless that exists in our heads. Shameless that exists in the writer's heads. I don't think they really thought that much about this. <laughs> they are two different shows. It's the secret good version that's what this podcast is for, is the secret good version of, of Shameless. And yeah, so he thinks Mickey is his boyfriend and Mickey's going to get out soon. Lloyd makes it weird and sexual and he and, Nick, he, he and Ian hook up again and I fucking hate it, but we're getting through. Uh, the next morning, it, I just sort of feel bad for like an 18, 19 year old Cameron having to do all of these fucking scenes with these old fucking men. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like, I mean like I know Cameron is probably like fine because he's like, in general like he's like i'm an actor and it's like as far as old guys go lloyd isn't like that ugly (laughs) he's not really like he's like he looks tight for an old dude but like i don't know it's just like i i think cameron's fine i think he was fine i don't think he cared that much he was probably just like well whatever harry hamlin is the go-to old man for when they need an old gay creepy guy hitting on a younger guy um they used him in glee too the next morning, it's back to the Gallagher chaos. Ian makes an excuse for how late he came home, and Steve has made everybody breakfast, so everything is sort of back to normal. He also offers Mandy and the rest of the kids, Steve offers Mandy and the rest of the kids a ride on his way out the door as he lies about having a meeting with an old work buddy. Cool, we're back to lying. Love that for you, Jimmy. I mean, it's not boring for Fiona, though. Yeah. He kisses Fiona goodbye, which we see from the POV of a car parked across the street that then follows Jimmy as he drives the kids to school. Then back to Frank's bullshit, Ice has dropped him back on the Mexican side of the border when they caught him trying to sneak across. And then he gets in the coyote's face, being absolutely frank about it and getting into some stupid shit. I mean, he's entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. 
Over to Lip, grinding away in the high school metal shop. Uh, Mandy is worried that Fiona doesn't like her, and Lip's like, oh, Fiona's just worried I'm gonna get you pregnant. Like, that's- that's all that's going through her head. And, like, probably, but Fiona's also shitty to the- to the Milkovitches. Now, we learn that Mandy's mom was 12 when she got pregnant for the first time, and- we don't know which boy is the oldest. Maybe, maybe I Mickey? mean, okay, there's Iggy, Joey, but it's like, it's weird because Iggy is both introduced as like Mickey's cousin and Mickey's brother, but, but the guy who plays Iggy confirmed that he's Mickey's brother. There's Iggy, Joey, Colin. Personally, I think Joey looks the oldest, either Joey or Colin. I think Iggy and Mickey are pretty close in age. So who knows? Uh, so, but that would mean his mom is like 39, 40, maybe? ish now and but like is she alive is she dead we aren't sure if she ran away or if she died they're not clear about it anyway over at the school the guidance counselor comes in lip lies about the laser and where he got it from and what he's using it for and the guidance counselor tells lip he needs to pad out his resume for his college apps this summer and that's when mandy hears lips gpa 4.6 and she seems floored by how smart this boy is and again, this guidance counselor's on Lip's ass about college. So Lip says he might have a few hundred hours of community service coming up. And the guy's like, that'll work. What he doesn't hear is Lip say, yeah, you know, the stuff mandated by the court that I have to do. That that community service. But like Mandy, the look on Mandy's face and she even says something. She's like, you have a 4.6 GPA. I have like a 1.2. What? She's like blown away by how smart he is. Yeah. But also she doesn't really like try. Yeah. Probably. She doesn't, like, turn in work or anything. Over at the balls, Fiona is using their computer to look for jobs while Kevin V set up for their cam show. Um, Fiona can't find a job she's qualified for, even with a GED, and Kev gives her a lot of helpful suggestions. He's like, why don't you become a bus driver or a postal worker or something, like, with a pension? Like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe it's not as much of a himbo as we thought. He's got some, got a couple of brain cells going on in there. Fiona won't do that. Uh, says the club is opening back up and the patio is going to be open again soon. So maybe she can get that managing job that she almost got last time uh, when Monica was in town. And then like the best friend she is, she sets up the camera for them and Kevin V get their Jefferson Sally roleplay porn on. And Shinola is just having fun with it. I think she's so fun. The amount of fun work we can get out of her when she's just fully tits out in, like, most of the episodes. Good for you, Shinola. Boobies out. Boobies out. <laughs> Over to Jimmy. He's on a dock somewhere, uh, very scared about po the possibility of being murdered. And then we go back to Fiona. Again, so much jumping back and forth in this episode. Little snippets of, of scenes. And Fiona's walking into the empty club, asks, the assistant asks about the assistant managing job. And she explains the family drama that went down last time and begs for one night to show what she can do. And the woman's like, tell you what, give me a thousand dollars and I'll give you a night to promote. And Fiona's like, fuck you. I don't have a thousand dollars to give you. So the woman's like, all right, then I'll pencil you in to be a waitress this summer. Just don't gain any weight. Goodbye. Fuck this lady. Back to Jimmy. He gets called down on the boat to have a drink with Estefania and her father, who gives Jimmy a speech about accepting responsibility for his actions. And then he takes Jimmy up to watch them dump Mar the pieces of Marco's body. Just right out there in the daylight. Like Dexter, but rich and stupid. I mean, he's so rich. He's like, what could possibly go wrong? He's also not even supposed to be in the country. Like he's on an FBI most wanted list, just casually dumping a body out in the middle of the day, in the middle of a it's lake. Like it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, 
when you realize you're going to be late to school, so you go get food because you're like, I'm already going to be late. He's like, well, I'm already in the country illegally. I might as well murder. Very true. And then he asks Steve, are you know, are you a man of your word as he's dumping a man's head over the side of the boat? You know, like a threat. Back to Frank again for some fucking reason. Uh, he meets a man who can help him get home. They inspect his ass and then shove him out the door. Thankfully, that ends and we go to Fiona complaining with V about how badly things went at the club. V offers to loan Fiona the money, but Fiona's like, no, you're saving to have a baby. Don't give me any of the money you got from the cam because best friends support each other. And Fiona puts herself down. She's like, it was stupid of me to think I could even do that job. I never should have thought I could pull it off. And V in her best friend duty calls bullshit and says, you are Fiona Gallagher. You got your GED. You've been raising a family since you were 15 years old. You're a rock star and Meg's a frigid bitch. So true. So true. So true. So true, bestie. Like, I love that. The moments where they're like, fuck you. I'm going to gas you up. It's, it's great. So Fiona hears that lovely speech, pulls out her final paycheck that was supposed to pay the property tax bill and sort of looks at it and we cut away from it. Well, because we all know what happens to that money. Yeah. We cut away from it to a robot competition where Lip, Mandy, Ian, and Carl have come to whoop some pretentious white boy ass. So Lip sweet talks his way into the competition, even though it's only supposed to be like for college grads that night or whatever. And they drop $150 on the entry fee. But before we get to see anything fun or interesting, we go back to Frank again. He's getting cleaned up, getting a fake passport, being turned into a drug mule as his payment for getting across the border. And uh, then we jump away again. Like, I hate the way this is cut up. The, like, short, little short scenes. Yeah, yeah. give me a whole scene. It's like there's no resolve. It's, it's like, really hard to, like, have a, a good resolution to a scene. The whole point of, like, writing is that you should be able to put a conflict in every single scene. No, we just get little fucking snippet moments. Jimmy is still on the boat. Estefania's dad is shooting fruit and making Jimmy Steve want to pee his pants. Estefania's dad has arranged for Estefania to get an economics degree at the University of Chicago. So if immigration comes, Steve will be her husband so that she can become a citizen. And he tells Steve, no stolen cars, no drugs. You can't get into trouble. Get a real job. And that quote unquote ghetto whore is a side piece. She can never be anything else. Yeah. Anyway, let's watch some robots. And while the robot battle is happening, we cut back and forth between it and Frank walking across the border again in the super annoying cutting job. I, fuck- I-, I just want to see a whole scene of just robots going at each other. I don't give a shit about or like, Frank. Honestly, you could just like make it split screen like they've done that before. Yeah. Do a split Lips screen ro- or do one after the other. I don't give a fuck. So Lip's robot is super unimpressive on first appearance and the college boys look like smug as fuck because theirs have like big fucking razor arms coming off of it. But Lip knows what the fuck he's doing. Frank's fake passport works and he makes it across the border. Lip hits the ignition switch for the laser on his robot and blows the other guy's robots the fuck up. The laser just explodes it. Batty. So, like you said, just like in the opening of season two, when they're at the fight club, Lip, Mandy, Carl, and Ian all celebrate and a hug, and there's a huge crowd, and it's cute as fuck, and I love it so much. Because they won! He blew the other guy up. They won. Back to Frank. He meets a pretty woman in a car on the other side of the border. She calls Frank El Gran Canyon because he has more coke up his ass than any drug mule in cartel history. They said he has 18 balloons up his ass. So she's like, here's some laxatives. You might just want to take the whole fucking box. And they drive away. Fiona shows up at the club. 
and tries to hand over the thousand dollars from her paycheck and her boss tries to talk her out of it. But Fiona is insistent. She's like, fuck you. You said if I did this, I could have the night. Here's the money. Give me the night. And she gets put on the calendar. Back at home, Carl got his hands on Kevin V's porn. He's watching it on the computer because Jimmy is busy cooking dinner. I love Carl. (laughs) And the boys are celebrating. They won $400 cash for first place. And Lip's like, give me the rest of the money for from your paycheck and I'll run everything down in the morning. And Fiona's like, no, 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 I got it. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Because she doesn't have the fucking money. Dumb bitch. And as they're like sitting around the table, serving up dinner, everything is cute and they're being a big family. Frank pulls up on the back of a tow truck and sees the shrine Debbie left for him on the front of the house. And they're all inside. They're having a good time. They're eating dinner. Ian is the one that looks up and sees him first and like sort of goes stone faced. And then eventually everybody else stops and looks and turns and sees Frank. Debbie is the only one that gets up to give him a hug and greet him and say hi. And the dinner continues as normal. And then we cut to credits. The after credit scene, Frank is shitting out the 19th balloon that he secretly didn't tell anybody out and says, thank you, Sheila, for training his ass to take in so much. Uh. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Sheila. (laughs) The credit song is the song Beneath the Veil by Chester French. And the way that I watch things, I still had the this is what's happening this season like promo. So this is what's happening this season on season three. Fiona has a chance to make real money as a club promoter. Lip is not convinced it's going to work and he's going to have to take over the money. They throw Frank in the trash. Uh, Jimmy has a tail. It's one of Estefania's dad's men. Kevin V are having relationship problems. Fiona trusts Jimmy, even though he is lying to her. Lip and Mandy have relationship issues because, yeah. How do you know if a guy you've been hanging out with likes you? That scene. Jimmy and Fiona have relationship issues. Mickey gets shot in the ass. It's going to be a hell of a season. So many relationship issues in this season. Makes it so fun. So much Mickey in that promo, though. Everyone's so angsty. Well, because, like, I, I think that was... I mean, he wasn't supposed to be around after season two. They were, he was either going to be like only season one or like seasons one and two, like according to what Noel said. So like him being on season three, it was like, oh my God, he's like here to stay. He's featured so much more heavily in season three and then season four, he became a main cast member. Yeah. Well, because he got his own storylines outside of like just being Ian's like romantic interest. Yeah, because then we get a couple scenes of him and Frank talking to each other, and then you get whole Mickey's rub and tug bullshit, so then his storyline was Kevin V's storyline. But, sticking to this episode, what did you guys think? I like this episode. This This one's fun. Season openers, oh sorry, season openers and like summer seasons are always really, really fun. Like, I, like the summer season openers are just like, like season two episode one is great. Season five episode one is great season seven or eight like the the first episode's good so i mean it's always really fun to like be in there during the summer yeah like i said i hated the way this one was like edited but i it was a it was a good it's a good setup for a lot of really good stuff to come especially the mickey stuff i sort of have a boyfriend do you what does that look like? Lloyd also calling Mickey Ian's boyfriend and Mickey attacking him is also in the promo for the rest of the season, which is A+. plus. Evan, thoughts? I, yeah, I agree with you. And, like, the season starters are always, like, they really sum it up. And especially, like, with season three, like, I think season three is way more juicier of a season than the last two seasons. 
So it always makes me so excited because I'm like, one, we know we get in our Mickey back. And then two, it also just sets up a lot of things that like happen in this season, which are big setups for like the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean, like season three is really a turning point for Lip for for a couple of years, like for from like season four to like six, that's like really a big turning point for Lip. And this kind of sets that up. And then I mean, Fiona, she's like, I'm bad. I am bad. I'm a baddie. I'm baddie. And, like, the yeah. Jimmy stuff is really interesting this season, too. I'm, like, I'm very excited. Like I said, I keep saying it over and over and over again. Season three is when, like, if you were just a casual viewer of the show, season three is the one where, like, oh. Like, that's what fucking well, grabs yeah. you. I was saying this earlier, and then I think my Wi-Fi cut out, but it's, like, it's not the first season. It's not just a straight-up, ad- like, adaptation of the UK one. It's not the second season where they're, like, finally branching out on their own and, like, trying to find their footing. It's the third season. They're fully on their own and they know what they're doing. They've hit their stride like really nicely. Obviously that continues for like three, four, and five. And like honestly, even six. Six isn't really that bad of a season. We're all we were all just mad because Nikki wasn't in it. But like six and seven were like actually kind of decent. And then like around eight and nine is when it starts getting stale. Mm, yeah. But I mean, we're still here. <laughs> still here. We're still here. Making a fucking podcast about it. Because it's the secret good shameless that exists in my head. In our head. Do you know how much I have to talk myself out of doing a Supernatural podcast episode by episode? Because, like, it would sap the soul from my body. I feel like trying to find the secret gay version. Yeah. Yeah, because that's network TV. That's over 300 episodes. That's too much. But instead of doing, like I said at the top of this episode, instead of doing an entire Supernatural rewatch podcast, I have a second podcast. So if you enjoy listening to me, talk about gay shit um skip to the gay parts is my new podcast i'm sorry to plug that at the end of this but and i'll definitely once everything is up i'll link it on the luck we had website as well so you can have way easier access to hear amanda talk about every queer character there is but uh until next time lena i know we're gonna have you back for a few episodes this season i'm excited for it yeah um and probably honestly any minisode for the rest of the series once a month when they start fucking airing them again uh we'll light each other up for mini sets. so until then that was episode one of season three we're gonna record i think a few more of these before i start posting them so that we can get a sort of consistent posting schedule so there might be a small break there might have been a small break between when uh 212 aired and when this aired and i'm sorry about that but i am one person so yeah um, and plus i have an inconsistent life now so <laughs> We're trying to work shit out, but we're, we'll do the minisodes as close to the airing of the episodes as we can. Uh, this week gave us a little leeway. Everybody's Instagram and everything will be in the bio, but do you guys want to say where people can follow you? Uh, yeah, you guys can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at IWantToDie4000. And Lena, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kojak with two Ks, C-O-J-A-C-K-K, or Twitter, um, F-R-L-E-D-M-A-N. Amanda, where can they find you? You can find me at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, at AbnormalAmanda18 on Instagram, or at AbnormalAmanda underscore 18 on TikTok, where way too many people are watching me do stupid shit. But I'm happy to have you guys. It's so good. And you can follow the show on at LuckWeHadPod on Twitter, at LuckWeHadPod on Instagram. You can email us at LuckWeHadPod at gmail.com, and the links to our website will be in the bios of all of those things. We'll update you guys on our posting schedule whenever our Instagram is where you will usually find posts about when new episodes are up or if new episodes are going to be delayed. 
And if you want to give a listen to the trailer for my podcast, Skip to the Gay Parts, uh, that's what it's called. And it's currently on Spotify and SoundCloud. And you can follow uh, Skip to the Gay Parts on Instagram or the Gay Parts pod on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe I'll put a clip of the trailer at the end of this episode. Yeah, go for it. You know I'm going to put the trailer at the end of this episode. I'm going to link it in. So if you guys just keep listening until the end, you'll you'll get a trailer for what Skip to the Gay Parts is going to be about. And I hope you guys enjoy it. But until then, uh, let's bid everybody adieu until next time. And uh, yeah, peace out, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And welcome to season three, everyone. We've all been there. Someone convinces you to get into a television show with the magic words, oh, by the way, there's a queer character in it. And you're sold. Even though that queer character might not get any screen time at all, they might meet a tragic end, they might never get to have a romantic relationship, or they might just be coded queer, but then told to our faces, you're crazy. That's not a queer character. We don't know what you're talking about. Hi, my name is Amanda, and this is my podcast, Skip to the Gay Parts. For as long as I can remember, I have been a consumer of queer media through television and through film. I even went to school for filmmaking and double minored in women's and LGBTQ studies, spending most of my time dissecting queer television, spending an enormous amount of time writing papers that were far too long for very patient professors about characters like Mickey Milkovich and dissecting his uncommon thugness and his transformation as one of the most complex queer characters I'd ever seen on television. So I've put a little bit of thought into the queer characters that I watch on TV and decided it was time to record those thoughts and put them out into the world for all of you to hear. This is Skip to the Gay Parts. This is a show where we dissect queer and queer-coded characters from television shows and just honestly give them a moment to talk about them so that we don't have to sift through all of the heteronormative straight storylines to get to the good parts, the parts that we're watching for. We'll cover characters that are explicitly queer in their television shows, but are paid dust in screen time and storyline, such as Ian Gallagher or Mickey Milkovich, or characters that were so clearly queer-coded and used as queer bait to continue to have a fan base for their show through their finale. That's right, I do mean Dean Winchester and Castiel. And then even characters that were explicitly queer on explicitly queer shows that had confusing and honestly disappointing endings, such as Brian Kinney and Justin Taylor. And don't worry, we won't leave out the women and the kill-your-gays tropes, such as Tara and Willow from Buffy, Annalise Keating from How to Get Away with Murder, or just the complicated and entertaining and wonderful characters such as Callie Torres and Arizona Robbins. This is just a sampling of the characters that we would like to cover on Skip to the Gay Parts. We want to hear from people too. We want to know what characters that you saw as queer-coded in your favorite show or were explicitly queer but were used for fan fodder while not actually being given the time and respect that they deserved as characters. Let's pick a character, let's pick a show, and let's skip to the gay parts. I'm Amanda, and this is the podcast.